0: Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning shop now in store or online Kroger fresh for everyone.
1: Justin, I'm, I'm losing it, man. This is, I mean, it, it couldn't be darker. I, LeBron left us to, to go, to go to the Lakers who we've been shitting on for the past five years. Uh, Kyrie is in Boston. Boogie just signed with the Warriors. Just, I, I, I don't, I don't see how this can get any better, Justin.
0: Carter, I'm so sorry. I wish I could have told you sooner, but there was no other way. We are in the end game. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The NBA is in quite the state. LeBron James goes to the LA Lakers, and it's maybe not even the biggest story of the weekend. Uh, I'm considering this an extended long weekend, recording this on Monday, because it was the Canada Day long weekend. And I myself, having thinking, okay, LeBron's probably going to take some time to make his decision. I can probably enjoy Canada Day. I can go out of town. I can go away from cell service. Not really the case. But I'm back and back with my co-host Carter Rodriguez to uh, to react to one wild weekend. How's it going, man?
1: uh I'm doing all right um I'll tell you what uh, it's there aren't a lot of benefits to becoming King's East, but uh, <laughs> uh one of them is that I can just react to the to the league's machinations at large instead of like constantly contextualizing them within the context of like what this means for my favorite team's title chances, since they're
0: never going to win again. So, like... and the thing is, like having LeBron on your team, there's a sense of responsibility. You you sit there and you're like, okay, "How can we we've stop this?" <laughs> yeah, we've been gifted with the greatest player in the history of the game. We have to find a way to win. Now, I can just look at this and go, "Well, fuck, that is someone else's problem."
1: Yep. Um, so, I think. Even though the boogie news is fresher, we should probably talk about the LeBron news first, since we are a Cavaliers
0: podcast and still will continue to be a Cavaliers podcast fans. Uh, Very, very good point. And uh, yeah, you're probably right. So LeBron goes to the Lakers. um, And then after that, the Lakers really drive home the message that we were getting leading up to free agency, which is. LeBron's decision is not going to be about basketball because my God is the team they've put together. Not about basketball. They
1: they're comprised of basketball players in the most technical sense, but, uh, no, no, they, they all those guys, uh, uh, kind of suck. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, and like, I don't know how you feel. Um, and I think this is actually a good opportunity using their free agency moves today to kind of parse through how we feel and maybe none of it matters because of the boogie thing anyway, but let's just take this thread down. Like I, I kind of want so them. Not to... It's
0: tough. It's tough to figure out where to jump in on this. Cause there's, yeah, there's so many. A different... lot of,
1: yeah. There's a lot of threads. Um, I don't know. Like I, I kind of want them to do right by LeBron. Like the idea of like a depressing end of LeBron's career just seems wrong to me after like rooting for him for so long.
0: Um, Here's the thing, though. It, I don't know if there was really a team that could have been put together this summer that would be considered doing right and giving him a legitimate chance against the Warriors. And I, just looking at this move, like I, it makes me look back and think, OK, what all came together to get LeBron in L.A.? And some of me thinks this might be rooted back all the way back in 2016. Um, I I think there's a possibility that maybe Nike wanted LeBron or wanted a star in that L.A. market. I think that could have been a a pressure there. I wonder if if you're going back that far, maybe his desire to go to L.A. was something that was made clear during the 2017 season and and that um, influenced the decisions Kyrie made. I, I think the biggest screw you in this whole thing is him signing that four year deal, because I, I, I feel like that's a message at Dan Gilbert um, basically saying, OK, well, here, I'm willing to commit with Magic Johnson. and Rappalenka. I'm willing to commit with the Lakers when he never gave the Cavs that opportunity. And I think if you're playing the blame game, a massive part of it goes on Gilbert. But LeBron has to share some of that when he's just signed one year after one year and the threat of him leaving was just always present.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the
0: consistent threat
1: of like, hey, they could have gotten X, but LeBron wouldn't commit. It's like, well, what do you
0: want them to do? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it came out again that um, I, I just the Pacers wonder, wanted. Yeah. Wanted but, a future pick, and because they didn't get that LeBron commitment, they they didn't trade for Paul George.
1: Doesn't it just feel, though, to you, and I know we've got some people that sometimes think we're too hard on Gilbert. Um, which, Sorry, that's not changing. Um, but, like, doesn't he just feel like patient zero in all this, though? Like, Like, LeBron doesn't feel the need. Like, he signed a four-year deal with Miami. He signed a four-year deal with L.A. It's not that he can't trust leadership. He couldn't trust this leadership.
0: No, I, I think that was a major thing. And to their credit, like the fact that the Cavs were able to put together a championship team when even from the start uh, or at least the start of the, the second union, um, LeBron and Gilbert didn't like each other, didn't trust each other. Uh, LeBron was basically putting a, a gun to the head of the Cavs the whole time. And the fact that they were able to do that and that David Griffin was going to be able to put that team together, I I think that's incredible. And, and when you're looking at the DeMarcus Cousins news and, and the reality that, okay, the Warriors are probably winning a few more championships. it It's crazy that they're going to have this run and the Cavs are going to be the one blemish on their rep. Like, that team is always going to be talked about. This period of time is always going to be talked about. And the one mention is always going to need to be there that the Cavs beat them. Um, I, I, that's To me, that's fun. Like To me, that's, yeah. that's something that I, I can always look back fondly on. Yeah. Uh, are you sad? I honestly feel better today than I did at the start of last season. Huh. I'm sad. I um, am. I am sad. I, but I was. I mean, I was. To be clear, I was sad at the beginning of last season after losing Kyrie. Um, I never loved that, Kyrie like you did, uh, as like a person,
1: or like, like I always appreciated his play. But like, you know, there are certain players you connect to, and there are certain players you don't connect to, right? And you can't always like choose that. I didn't love Kyrie like you did. I don't think ever. And like, no, that's that's fair. So I think you took that a lot harder than me. Like. I recognize that we were probably in a lot of trouble moving forward. Um.
0: <laughs> well, that, that was part of it too, is like, okay, well now it's really going to be tough to keep LeBron, to, to make a basketball pitch to him. And that pressure was mounting even at the beginning of next se- uh, last season. And now, I mean, it's tough because, I, as an outsider, don't have the same connection to LeBron as a lot of Cavs fans and people le- living in Cleveland would. To me, uh, obviously, I, I grew up being a LeBron fan and it's a big part of my formative years. But it there is some excitement in this now not being like this is you're now rooting again for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're rooting for an NBA franchise where you it, it, it's a reset it really is a reset because when lebron is here the size of contracts don't really matter you're not going to have any flexibility you 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 just operate in such a weird and different way than a normal nba team and and to me especially with the warriors existing because if the warriors didn't exist and there were legitimate title odds um this would probably hurt me a lot more than it does and and to be clear it does hurt me but It's just insurmountable right now. Like, I I just don't think that there's any chance of winning a title. Even if he came back, I I think it would be tough to to beat the Celtics if they get healthy. Um, So to go with this reset, to have the opportunity for change, which I think is one of the more exciting things of being an NBA fan, is the the possibility of change. That's why there's so much excitement over free agency normally. Um, To me, it's that opportunity feels a little bit exciting.
1: Yeah, I I just can't get that excited about it when Dan Gilbert's running the team. You know, like I I would get I get the concept, and I think those are real drawbacks to like watching a LeBron team is like everything revolves around him. They become impossible to analyze because they just don't try in the regular season. Um,
0: oh my god, how how little effort do you think he's going to give on that Lakers team, knowing that? One, the Warriors exist Two, just like if there's not significant moves, like if they don't trade for Kawhi Leonard, he is going to hate the young guys. He's going to hate the vets. And I mean, it was shaky this season on whether or not they were going to make it to the finals. Uh, There there were questions throughout the year. If it looks like they're barely going to make it out of the first round, how little effort is LeBron going to give? I don't know, man. Uh, It's
1: a weird time and uh Windhorst on Lowe's podcast today I was pretty much just saying like this is LeBron kind of like like listen you guys won <laughs> like and I didn't expect that to ever come from him um at least not yet but you, i guess you know it's not like we've talked about it a lot he didn't have a lot of good options this summer uh it nope. was stick with this Cavs team that clearly had exhausted all its avenues for improvement um, or they would have probably been a little more aggressive in making one of those moves, right? Um, mm-hmm. or you know, you could somehow finagle your way to the Rockets. I think that's really the only other way, or, or the Sixers. And the Sixers had fit concerns. It just nothing felt quite right, you know. Um, the stars normally aligned for LeBron, and this year they just didn't. And I mean, who could have guessed that Paul George was just going to be like. Actually, I really like fishing so much. <laughs> oh, boy. And yeah. You know I, OKC deserves that for all the sooning we did all year <laughs> that they get to keep I'm, their star.
0: We lose ours. I mean, some part of me can appreciate I'm petty enough to appreciate the the fact that this is the first summer where LeBron went into a summer having a plan in place and it didn't come together. Like, obviously, I would have been a little frustrated if that happened to my franchise. But he was able to make a super team in Miami. He was able to make one in in Cleveland uh, with getting Kyrie in love. They might still get Kawhi Leonard, but uh, I don't know. It's not enough. Yeah, It's not enough. It's still like, especially with Houston still being there. And he's going to have some regression because we've seen regression the last few years. I, that might not be a team that can make it out of the second round out West. And I, as I said, I'm I'm penny enough to get a little bit of appreciation out of that, especially because it's the Lakers.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. It's just crazy. Um, League
0: what, NBA PA probably
1: should have uh, accepted cap smoothing, huh?
0: It pro- I think that would have made a big difference, but... Honestly, if you're looking at it from a macro standpoint, Boogie signing with the Warriors, which I don't think is going to be as flawless as people think, but the optics of it are probably going to drive ownership in the next CBA to really limit player movement. And but, I think like that's so
1: frustrating to me because no,
0: But here, here's the thing that's important, especially as a rebuilding franchise like the Cavs, that's going to need to be able to retain guys this is the perfect time for it to happen. Everything went to shit. You're rebuilding. But the guys that you draft, if they do, in fact, go the direction of a full rebuild on the new CBA, they're they're going to have a higher likelihood of being able to retain them.
1: Yeah, I get that. I don't know. I just I'm looking at it from a league, larger league standpoint. It's like I, I hate the idea of like um, having reactionary policy based on something that won't ever happen again. Like, no, because like the boogie happen, thing, and yeah. but what I'm saying is, like, the boogie thing doesn't happen if every team isn't capped out because they lost their mind in the summer where we added 20 million to the cap.
0: Or, that's like, that's the other cap. big thing. Uh, Tim Bond, Don, yeah, Tim Tebs. wow, that's really tough to say. Uh, he pointed that out that nobody was offering more than the mid level exception for boogie, and one that's hilarious because though the Lakers just spent so much on Rondo and And a bunch of other goofballs when uh, they could have made a more significant offer. But I guess with nobody offering more than the mid level exception, his decision came down to Boston and the Warriors and he chose the Warriors. So, I mean, if he wants to rehab for a year, he's not going to be available to start the season. Um, If he wants to rehab for half a year, get a ring and then go get his money elsewhere. I mean, that makes sense if nobody's offering significantly more money. But as you said, that's not likely to be a situation that's going to repeat itself.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. It's crazy. I, I, I will say, like, it's funny because, like, the there's so much overreacting going on on both sides that I just, I just hate everyone. Like, you have these like these fucking NBA Twitter nerds that are just just killing me with like even unhealthy. I'm not sure how much he'd help.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> that that motherfuckers the had thing.
1: Zaza Pachulia out there winning championships. What are you talking about?
0: JaVale McGee was wide open millions of times in the NBA Finals, and the only times he didn't score was when he, like, dribbled it off his foot or got blocked by the rim or or did something embarrassing. Which, again, LeBron said he wanted to play with high basketball IQ guys, and they got him Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee. Well,
1: Like, the thing is, like, if Boogie were healthy, which he's probably never going to be again because Achilles are career-enders, um, yeah but like dude he doesn't even have to do a post move He can just seal his guy one on one while the while the spread uh, pick and roll like just destabilizes the other four defenders like there's no helping on the entry pass <laughs> it's outrageous like now like I do think he'll probably never be what he used to be because Achilles like we have almost no track record of guys coming back um, <laughs> it's just so silly. So NBA Twitter is like both, you know, shitting their pants and then like the other side just goes way too far with like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, have you seen the transition defense? He just doesn't get back, guys. It's like, (laughs) who
0: gives a shit? Have you seen how little effort they give? They they have a pretty, pretty high margin for error. I think I think they're going to be okay. Uh Um, Ryan Morton just fucking killed me because this is so true. Because Melo's gonna get stretched and he's absolutely going to LA. You're and that's right. just gonna that's gonna be so funny. LeBron is gonna hate that team <laughs> if there's not significant changes. Uh
1: man. What a weird league we like.
0: like it, the- it is
1: so weird. Um Yeah, I I don't know. Um so for the Cavs perspective like it does it is nice like this is one of the nice things though is that we can just laugh at the boogie thing instead of like getting ourselves like into
0: a tizzy about you know oh man imagine trying to figure out which ways you could well if we put this guy and that guy together and we take some bad salary maybe we get kemba walker and and maybe we, we get a game no i'm i'm so I'm, I'm i'm happy i'm happy that we don't have to go through that um as, as you mentioned before, uh, Colin Sexton rookie of the year might not be a bad bet. Uh, I'm sure the line moved a lot, but especially if the cows blow it up, that guy is going to go get his numbers and he is going to be playing at 110 miles an hour all season. And I think that's going to be pretty damn fun.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I still not super high on Sexton. Um, that doesn't mean I can't be wrong. I'm not a college scout. I've, watched like four games um, and I do think he has potential to improve uh, in the right environment uh, hopefully the Cavs can provide that environment we haven't seen them we haven't seen this uh, this staff try to develop guys and become a developmental team and you know I'm kind of excited to see
0: what Tyron Lu can do when he's coaching
1: yeah uh, when he's not just uh, you know doing the LeBron offense which by the way is the right choice every time so shut up
0: no no Um, no 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 no, no, Carter what 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 wrong with the LeBron offense was there's too many shooters you're going to see in LA that having no shooters around Mm. is the right way to go if they pass a lot of you got passers and no shooters yeah
1: yeah they're gonna that team's gonna average 50 turnovers a game um yeah I I don't know um Ty Lue and Kobe Altman they're saying all the right stuff about like being excited to become a team that develops players but like I'll believe it when I see it, man. Uh, it sucks developing players. It's really frustrating and slow, and and takes a lot of patience. And like, when has this Cavs organization ever shown that they're capable of being patient or having long term vision?
0: Uh, I I mean, I'm, it's not, tough, I'm sorry to be a downer. Uh, no, no, no. It's tough, but I you just have to kind of have faith that I. I know it's it's blind faith, but you just have to have faith that they they've learned from mistakes. And I think it's going to be important to to find out how much control Gilbert has right now, how much control Kobe Altman has, how much freedom Kobe Altman has. Um, I th- I think there's a lot of different ways they can go, and and I've seen a lot of pushing for okay, we got to trade Kevin Love, we got to blow absolutely everything up. I we talked about this before. I still think they need to talk to Love and find out where his priorities are. Because if he wants a trade, you accommodate him. Um, but I think if he's willing to sign an extension and he understands, okay, we're going to go through a bit of a retooling year. If you trade away all the other veterans, if you trade away Jr. Corver, Hill, uh, who all are on partially guaranteed deals and um, are tradable assets for that reason, I think you can still be bad. Like the Grizzlies were able to tank with Marcus all. You know Love's going to miss about 20 games. If he if he's hurt at all, shut him down and be extra cautious. But I, I think if you have that with young guys, you can still lose enough games. And, and the lottery odds have evened out enough within that top 10, uh, top five especially, that it's not as advantageous to be the very worst. So I, I think there's interesting ways to go here. And how can Love... How many games
1: do you think Mark Gasol played last year for
0: the Grizzlies, who I believe had the third worst record
1: in the league? Maybe second worst. I, I would guess 54. 73, Justin. Okay, well, there you go. It's so, not that hard to tank with a with a good big man. If
0: you have guards, who can't give him the ball. Yeah, and, and especially <laughs> or, Love. I, I, I think there is value to having some veteran leadership, especially if Love wants to stay here, and he's okay with going through a bit of a retool. I think there's some value in that. Maybe you get a young player or two. Um, it'd be interesting to see how much salary they're able to shed uh, in the coming week or two here. Because if they could get in on the restricted free agent market, because there aren't many teams that have cap space, maybe you can make a play for a guy like Jabari Parker um, or, or someone like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I know Parker, you'd be taking a gamble, but that's what they have to do. They have to take gambles yeah i get it um
1: i don't know the thing with love about trading him is there's just not a lot of good options right now um there is uh you know you look at you look around the league about for teams that have assets that make it worth giving up love um that would actually give up those assets you know you look at like philly they have that 2021 miami pick maybe you can talk them out of that because they, you know, maybe they don't trust Dario Saric. Long-term. Did you see the uh,
0: the proposal Matt Moore came up with um, to help Kemba stay in Charlotte? Yeah. So when, I,
1: that just feels, so when, I mean, it'd be interesting. I would do it. Um, but for just, our listeners
0: aren't on Twitter, but what he basically proposed was that you'd be swapping love for Batum's salary. There, Cavs are able to get off Jordan Clarkson's contract. And in return, you get Malik Monk as well as Miles Bridges. So the two lottery picks for the last two years from the Hornets.
1: Yeah, I guess that's fine. Um, I wouldn't love taking on Batum's contract, but, you know, that's life. They need a new small forward. Just kidding. Sorry, Jetty. Um, Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Be careful. uh, You know, I think that the Suns might be interesting if they decide they want to compete. But, like, I wonder how much, like, the Warriors... In existing in the capacity that they do like dampens interest at the deadline
0: for I was that, wondering
1: that too. I almost wonder if you just have to keep it in, in the East because it's worth noting like people like to pretend it's title or bust, but like going to the finals matters a lot for franchises yeah. and for their value. I enjoyed it. Uh yeah. We really we haven't had a chance for the last two years and we still had a great time. Um so you know, I think you look at teams like the Wizards, but they don't really have a lot of assets to give that aren't that wouldn't be
0: wouldn't become overpays. Milwaukee's interesting to me.
1: What do they have to give up though? I guess, oh, get good a good point. A late. I'm, first I'm I'm just trying them. to keep a fit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe you know, I know they're interested in Corver as well. You know, maybe you can take a flyer on like Thon Maker or something, like a young guy that's interesting in a first. Um. But there's just nothing, like, obvious out there. You know, normally when you have an all-star in the market, there's, like, one or two, like, straight-up obvious spots to send them. Um, Well, New
0: Orleans could probably use uh, a big man now.
1: Yeah, they could, but I don't think they have any future assets or young players. Like, I I mean, my feeling in any Kevin Love trade is I would rather take on salary and get a really good asset. So, like, a really good first at some point in the future
0: i'm curious because you're trying to get a read on what was available on draft night and i don't know what the Cavs really were trying to do or or how aware of what lebron's intentions were that they were but it'd be interesting to revisit with memphis about um uh, about jaron jackson and find out if you could take back that Parsons contract and make that move that a lot of people thought might be possible there. Jaron Jackson hit eight threes tonight at summer league. So I don't think that's going to happen. Jesus. Well, there you go. You got your stretch big of the future. That's outrageous. Um, And Memphis is definitely not giving them up, but yeah, like I would like to revisit some of that. I, I think that would be productive for the Cavs to, to find out what the market is. Um, God, maybe New York wants to make a move for him, Um, and and you get Kevin Knox, although I'm not particularly high on him. um, I I think there might be a market out there, but I I think you're right, that, especially with this DeMarcus Cousins move. I I think your suitors would basically all just be in the East.
1: Yep, and that limits things, but that doesn't mean you can't make a move, but I just don't think they should feel so obligated to make a move. I mean, this team won For four sure. games when lebron sat in the last four years i think they're like four and 23 like i'm not that worried about them like making the playoffs
0: no no me me. They're i i joked about it before but dan gilbert wanting to make the playoffs is one way to guarantee that you're going to get a high pick so now um, and w-
1: there is also a factor here that i think is worth mentioning it's like let's say they finish with the seventh worst record in the league like yeah, like maybe it's better to tank so you can go chase, you know, R.J. Barrett or whatever. But this is the first year that the lottery odds have evened out as well.
0: Yeah, they've evened out. And I think it does help some of those lower picks have a better chance. But there's it's still especially the top five. You still want to be in there. You still have the best chance if you're in the bottom five. Sure. Um, so I don't think it completely evens the scales. But there are teams that were bad that are going to be a whole lot better next year. And and I I don't think it would take a ton for the Cavs to uh, find themselves at the bottom of the odds. And maybe I I mean, I'm this isn't going to be a shock to anyone, but my bias here and the potential for RJ Barrett probably is making me just a little bit happier than everyone else. Um, But that's. I understand that's not something that is shared by the majority of Cavs fans.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the case for you. Um, but you know,
0: uh, I, I'd be ha- I'd be
1: fine with either outcome. Really, like I just want to see a fun team. I just don't want to see them lose on purpose.
0: I don't really care how much you. Uh, well, that's 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 why I want to go with the youth movement because I think. I think you bring back Rodney Hood. I don't think there's anyone that even has the room to make an outrageous offer. So um, I, I think you try to retain him. If you roll out Colin Sexton, Rodney Hood, Jetty Osman, Blank, and Larry Nance, like, I, I think you're going to be bad even though that team is trying. Like I, I don't think that's really too big of a concern there for me.
1: No, it's not. Um, but like I don't know, maybe there's a degree of like, Maybe you're doing guys like Jetty and Sexton in Hood a favor if you keep Kyle Corver and Kevin Love on the team to teach them how to play basketball better.
0: Okay, well, I I did leave the blank there, so maybe that that's Kevin Love. And I, I think that team is still going to lose enough games with Love there, especially when you factor in that he just doesn't stay healthy for that long.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. You're probably going to lose him for 30 games and not be able to score a point. Um, I don't really know if Kevin Love is capable of getting back to his Minnesota Heights just because for several reasons, I think he's had plenty of back problems and uh, you know, minor injuries. I don't think he's in that part of his career anymore, um, but you know, it doesn't like, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see, but even Kevin Love at his best, the the Wolves are winning like 30 games
0: yeah, well, I mean, they were better in that last year, but yes, I, I get your point, and I, I think, I think we definitely agree that you can still be bad with Kevin Love as your best player. I, I think 100%. there's sufficient evidence out there. Um, so, as I said, you I just really can't do be like just top pick bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you can if he misses enough games. But good point. Uh, and uh, that's and that's why if he's banged up at all, you basically go with the Kyrie in the first three years approach of, okay, anytime you're banged up, we're sitting you because we want to be competitive in the games that we have our young guys, but we also want to lose as much as possible throughout that process. And I I think there's ways to be entertaining, competitive and still bad. And that's kind of the sweet spot that I'd like to see the Cavs find. Um, I (laughs) I think the Brooklyn Nets were that last season i think that there's examples of that i think you can be a well-coached team that sucks and philly did that in the past brooklyn's done it and i would like to see that i'd like to see what tyloo can do with young guys that are ready to listen and, and ready to make an impact in the nba rather than a bunch of veterans and old guys that sign there are thinking okay my season doesn't start until may and are just going through the motions beforehand. Like, I want to see whether or not he can actually get control of the locker room, if they can run an offense, because I just don't think they've had the opportunity to actually do that.
1: Yeah. um, I think the counter to all this is that I personally would have a hard time adjusting from playing four straight finals to going to being on a crappy team. I think that's hard on the psyche of your team. I'm just worried the Cavs are going to come out there like ghosts.
0: Ah, I, I think it's within the realm of possibilities, but I, I also don't think that Sexton has the ability to play no, like I don't that. Think he's going to be a factor in that. I think he'll play however he plays. He's going to play at 110 miles an hour and it's going to be entertaining. Like young Westbrook was one of the most fun players I've watched and he wasn't particularly good. He made a ton of mistakes and I, I think that's what Sexton's going to do. Um, but I mean, my frustrations with Russ are, are well known, but that's more to do with him never evolving. And and hopefully Sexton would be in a situation, especially with Ty Lue. Like I think Lue is going to be a good coach for him because a former point guard, he's able to connect with guys, um, for all the criticisms that he's had, players have spoken highly of him. Kyrie used to speak highly of him. And then you went to Boston and criticized him for not being intellectual, but think that's another story yeah
1: um i i don't know man I, I i'm just having a hard time getting there right now um i i, I just want to see i'll get you there don't you worry i want to see summer league summer league starting in just three days by the time this pot airs is really gonna give us a good sense of like i think it it's gonna help us move on just because we'll have something to analyze again. Um. As opposed to like analyzing our feelings, which sucks. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's very self-involved, and and hopefully, hopefully, it helps some other people. I'm I'm curious one to, to see just kind of the the numbers, and I appreciate a lot of. Uh, I I think there's a chance that maybe some of our old listeners that were here for a LeBron team um, and, and probably aren't sticking around just want to check in on on kind of the the reaction to that we do appreciate you guys and i certainly understand that we're going to become a little more niche of a podcast uh but the support over the last year has just been unreal and and it was a really fun ride and for those that are sticking around uh we've talked about it before but we're going to remain a cleveland cavaliers podcast um we will podcast throughout the summer and when the regular season starts up we will Hopefully continue doing about two a week. We'll we'll have a general NBA, but uh, we're, we're still going to have at least one Cavs-centric podcast every week. And with the two of us, it's basically inevitable to view everything through a Cavs lens.
1: Yeah, and uh, counterpoint to what Justin just said, these hoes ain't loyal. Fuck the haters. <laughs> Appreciate you for sticking around. Oh, man. Just kidding. Yeah. We like you no matter what,
0: even if you've I'm, even if you've left us. So, I feel like we didn't spend enough time kind of eulogizing this era and and going over kind of what we went through with LeBron these past four seasons. And I mean, Carter, I, I am interested on in your thoughts on this, especially as someone that grew up in Ohio. Um, like, just what what kind of what's the range of motion? emotions for you right now
1: i'm still in the blame game right now uh i'm not like i uh, was talking with chops in the dms and he said something about being happy for lebron and i said i'm not yet like and i don't think that makes me a bad person either like it's like uh, i was talking i i compared it to uh, like if your best friend moves away to take a job that you're not 100 percent sure is going to work out like, yeah, you're rooting for him still. Like, I was kind of annoyed when the Lakers made those signings today because I'm like, oh, man, they're, they're blowing it. Um, But, like, I'm just not all the way there of like, yeah, hell yeah. I can't – good job leaving me. I'm glad for you that you left me. <laughs> like, I'm just not there yet, you know. I'm not mad or anything. I'm just, like, sad about it, you know. It's hard to be, like, happy for someone and sad at the same time. Um, yeah,
0: on, honestly, I I can't get to the, the happy form, especially because, I mean, it's just not a good basketball situation. So that's that's one thing. But on the other hand, like, especially for me, because it was interesting, the LeBron's last year in Cleveland was basically my last year in high school. Um, and then college, it's, okay, you're in the rebuild Cavs. And, and those years really were formative for me because I didn't know where my allegiances were going to lie. Was I going to inevitably just kind of have my interests follow LeBron to Miami? Um, am I going to root for the Cavs? Like how, how is that going to go? And the fun I had over those years really cemented myself and my Cavs fandom. So uh, in a sense, I just don't have that same connection with LeBron that other people do um, because the, the sense of community that I got through those years uh, and just how my fandom grew during that time um, it's just something that I I can draw from and it probably is part of why I I haven't been as negatively negatively impacted by it as other people
1: yeah I I don't know like I think that I think you're allowed to like have a selfish reaction sometimes like yeah I'm not happy
0: for LeBron just made my Favorite hobby, a lot worse. Yeah, and and, and it like, doesn't, to it, me, it doesn't matter what happens. Like he could lose in the first round for the next four years, and to me, it doesn't change how I felt about him during no. his time in Cleveland. Of course, it not. doesn't take away the title. And to me, he he's still the greatest player of all time, even if he hung it up today. So for me, being a Cavs fan, I want to see him lose in LA. I would be happy for him if he won. But I'm going to be able to get some enjoyment out of it not working out. And I really don't think that this move was about basketball. You look at the roster, it doesn't look to be about basketball. And to me, that kind of gives me uh, a license to laugh and enjoy it not working out from a basketball standpoint. Because clearly his priorities have shifted to a different direction.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just... I, I hate legislating how people are supposed to feel as long as they're not manifesting those feelings to- in a toxic way. You know, I think if you're being toxic, um, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Don't don't be that way. I would but, agree. But, like, if you're <laughs> just like, yeah, I don't really want to see him when he plays for the Lakers. And I don't like the Lakers, so, you know, like, whatever. Like, I actually do want to see him do well because, like, that will help me cope. It was like, well, at least – At least it worked out, you know, like if I had to feel that pain, at least he like got to get that fulfillment. Uh, And for you, it's kind of the opposite. It seems like, oh, I'm now free to like laugh that it didn't work. Um, But, you know, from a psychoanalysis standpoint, you know, I just think you got to feel what you feel. And like, I I hate I don't like the idea of like pretending to be like thrilled about it just because you want a title in 2016. It's going to be a bummer for a while. And then eventually it won't be such a bummer and we'll just start reflecting
0: on the good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thrilled that it doesn't look like a good team. Like I'm going to be upfront about that. that that's just how I feel. I, it's certainly I, hilarious. I, I feel like I can compartmentalize how much enjoyment I got from him on the team, how much the title means to me and all that stuff while still being petty enough to, to root against the Lakers. Cause once again, rooting against the Lakers really gets me back to my roots and, and that feels nice. Just, just punching up at the powers that be Justin Rowan. Um, exactly. We have no responsibility. We yeah. have no, we have no expectations. We can just punch up and nobody has anything creative to say back other than tweet through it. And, and to an extent I am, but I've also been doing that my entire life. So I'm, I'm not really going to change up the formula here. Yeah, you are what you are at this point. Um,
1: I, you know for overall postmortems on the team and on the era and I I think I'm going to write something about this at fear the sword um a little more in depth but like for a team that's been as dramatic and chaotic and messy as this team has been over the last 4 years and really over the last 8 it was never mm-hmm. going to end any other way if you really think about it like this team wasn't built for storybook endings that have nice clean narrative arcs like it's it was supposed to be messy and stupid like everything else that's happened with this team good and bad you
0: know yeah um, and it's uh it, it like, really is funny and as i think you're right there's no other way it could have ended i don't know if i could have even wrap my head around rooting for like a true dynasty i actually I just does think, their
1: jobs well
0: yeah that it does their jobs well their legacy is going to be that they were one of the most just love drama yeah they were a dysfunctional team for four years and still managed to get to the finals every time and they won a championship blemishing one of the greatest runs we've ever seen by any organization in sports how how long ago does it feel like the the selfie gate leaving kevin love out of the pictures Oh failed. God, can you imagine if you were told in 2014 that Kevin Love was going to outlast LeBron and Kyrie? It's unreal. And man here it's just are. here we are. We got the weird. Kevin Love is our franchise player. my God, there you go. Who knows what <laughs> who knows what the future holds for him but for a brief moment in time, Kevin Love is the face of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, what a time to be alive. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird, weird world we enter. Um, Jesus, I just, this just came up on my timeline. So DeMarcus Cousins said that the Pelicans didn't make an offer to him. They didn't offer him any contract. They said that they didn't want him. That's crazy. That's crazy. I del Del. I'm sure the, the Pelicans are going to deny that, but my God, that is, that is something. Yeah. Wow, this is great radio. But yeah, I that's, mean that's on floor, really man. Like,
1: you couldn't offer eight million, ten million, just on a flyer, just in case, right?
0: Yeah. Oh that's, my uh, God. And, and basically, remember, Woj said that he felt that the Pelicans can offer him a two-year contract. Cousins was motivated to stay there in New Orleans. And he said the only thing that would keep him from signing in New Orleans is if the Pelicans screw around that if they don't come correct with, they didn't a, even screw around. Offer. They didn't
1: even, well, come. Th- I think they did <laughs> screw
0: around. I, maybe they were trying to play, look at other options first, but I, I think oh, that's the definition man. of screwing around. If you don't come, if you don't come to a player yeah. of his caliber or at least where he used to be at, or, how he views himself. If you don't come with a deal at twelve oh one, you are burning some bridges. You are screwing around in my eyes. Anthony Davis will be pretty fun in Boston.
1: <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean
0: I mean they just can't even trade him now because you can't do that after you. I mean they is just round. gonna get fired, so wow. What a what a shit show. Thank goodness we grew for the Cleveland Cavaliers. The stability, the foresight of the Cavs to understand that this is not their time. To wait it out, wait out the Warriors monster. You're going to have a couple high picks. You're you're going to rebuild. You're going to reach. You're going to fill the cupboard. And then you get LeBron's Boris D. At at the tail end after a disappointing run with the Lakers. You get LeBron's tail end with a new loaded roster after the Warriors dynasty. What, a, what I think order? we should actually send that out as a
1: poll because um, I'm curious to see uh, if Cavs fans would be on board with slightly overpaying LeBron for the last three, four years of his career after this Lakers
0: uh, deal is done. Like, I think it, it's, it's, it is funny, and this is probably something we should have got to earlier on, but I do think it's interesting that the Lakers signing him to this four years the four-year deal, with the way his game it hasn't really regressed a ton, but he just doesn't happen. have the ability. He doesn't have the ability to play defense even when he's locked in anymore. He can he can play some help help defense, but there, there's a chance that the Lakers are going to be the first team to ever overpay LeBron for his production. And The way that this final year went, where it isn't LeBron quitting, it wasn't like the the Boston series in 2010, which I think has helped soften the blow. Like To me, I had a lot of bitterness over what I still perceive to be him quitting in that series. I think him going out, there were so many opportunities for him to quit during this run, and I think he had his mind made up. But the performance against Boston, uh, the the performances against Golden State, like just battling, giving everything he had throughout the whole process, to me that makes it a lot easier. And I, I think it's interesting if that is the last memory of LeBron and the Cavs. I think it's it's a good send off. It's a good note to ha- end on. Whereas with the Lakers, there's a real possibility that you either have the regression, you either have him finally breaking down and, and having an injury, hopefully that never is the case because I, I think the league is better with LeBron uh, playing, e- even if it's on a, a mediocre team. But I, I just think it's really interesting to see how Lakers fans react to that, especially because they haven't been the biggest fans of LeBron in the past. And and there's so much of that that history, the, the rivalry there, um, between him and Kobe, even though they never face in the playoffs. Like I I think it's really going to be interesting to see how Lakers fans react to that team underperforming.
1: Yeah. um, I don't think it's going to go well. I've been saying that nonstop. Um, This is an entire um, fan base that has been building themselves around uh, their disdain for LeBron James to build up Kobe. Um, And I think, from a utilitarian standpoint, they're going to they're gonna swallow that pride for now. Um, and, you know, they're going to say all the right things. But I think at the first sign of trouble, uh, I'm nervous. I really am. I don't want to see it. It's going to stress me out. It's going to bum me out. Um, you know what?
0: That's actually, going back to what we were t- talking about earlier, that would actually probably bum me out more than seeing them lose. Like, I'm okay seeing the team lose. But the fan base turning on him, if that's the way that it goes, I think that would actually bother me. I I, I want to see them lose. I, I want to see it fail. But that that a- aspect of it would be really disappointing for me and, and something that would bum me out. Because as I said, I, I think he's the, the greatest player to ever play the game. Yep, and those guys
1: shouldn't get booed on their on their home floor, and I'm worried it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, Lakers fans are also... As much as we like to shit on them, they they do have a strong history. Um, they do love their own. Uh, yeah, they, Dwight, they do
0: have a history Dwight of... Dwight Howard exception. Of rooting for guys past their prime that, that no longer are, are very good. So I, I think yep. it's not too big of a stretch for them to root for a guy that's still going to be good but past his prime. Yeah, if think, that day comes. Yeah, if I, that day yeah, comes. I mean, he might sure. just continue going on for another six, seven years and... and it, And uh, define the odds. Yeah, um,
1: it'll be interesting. I wouldn't mind a a late career uh, hanging out like a swan song season in Cleveland at the end, even if he's not that good anymore, because I think it would be really cool, because I don't think there's ever been a player that will mean more to his city uh, positively or negatively than LeBron uh, ever again.
0: Maybe he'll save the cows again in a different way by buying the team from Dan Gillard. I can't wait for GM Randy mems. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Kyrie definitely wouldn't be coming back then. Nope. He would not. (laughs) The enemy. The enemy. Oh boy. Well, I think we're running a little bit out of steam. Um, I think, there's probably a possibility. If any major moves happen, we will do emergency podcasts. Um, I, I think these first couple of weeks of free agency could potentially be interesting because uh, the Cavs can't stay put. Um, I, don't, I don't think Dan Gilbert is necessarily thrilled with uh, continuing to spend a lot of money for the roster as currently constructed. So out of necessity, I, I think there's going to be moves that are happening. So uh, we'll, we'll continue that podcast there. Um, and then as news dies down, maybe we'll uh, take a week off here and there. But uh, we will we will be back. We will continue uh, to, to talk about this team and whatever form that takes. Um, but I want to thank all our listeners for the season that was. Uh, I wasn't here for the draft podcast. Thanks again to Ryan Morn for filling in. You guys did a great job. That was a lot of fun. Um, but I want to thank the listeners for the past year, uh, for years past, and supporting this podcast in, in different forms. Uh, Carter, couldn't ask for a better co-host. Aww. You've been—you are the man. You make me look good, which is great. Uh, <laughs> Same to you, pal. <laughs> That's it. I think it might be the other way around. But uh, thank you to our listeners. Remember, you can support the show either through our Patreon, where you will get access to our exclusive Discord chat and all the fun that goes on there, uh, or the old school way, which is going on iTunes, going wherever you get your podcast, leave a rating, leave a review, tell your friends. Um, Something tells me there's going to be less Cavs media available, so if you want it, you have to come to us. Yeah. (laughs) We are basically going to be the calling section of Cavs media. There's not a lot of good options. We're going to chuck a lot, but hopefully, hopefully, some of them go in. Yep. Go Cavs! And on that note, we will wrap things up. So, thanks again to our listeners, and until next time, go Cavs!